It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhips dissecting issues. Choose as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are looking at things from a conservatarian perspective. Uh, we've got quite a show planned for you. As I walked in and saw Steve this morning, I said, we're going to try to get three hours worth of information into one hour. So fasten your seatbelts. There's a lot to talk about. So we'll go through a few headlines. Uh, I've got a couple of action items for you as well, uh, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, and then in the second segment, we'll be talking with Representative Kim Ransom, Colorado representative, on, uh, you know, we've been watching this forced vaccination legislation. It's uh, House Bill 1312. And uh, most interesting what happened down on the, the floor as they were taking the votes on this. So we'll talk with Representative Ransom about that. And then in the fourth and uh, third and fourth segment, we'll talk with Sherry Kiesiger. And she is, uh, she's a mom, but she has also spent years and so much time on, on this issue of data collection on our children. And within this uh, forced vaccination bill, there's a whole bunch of, of um, data collection on our kids. And uh, we, you know what? I don't think that they should be uh, collecting data on our kids without parents' permission. So we will talk about that as well. It's a very, very important subject. Before we get into all of this, though, let's have our, our word of inspiration today. The father of our country, George Washington. You know, as, as we are looking at what is going on in Colorado right now, we have been here before. And uh, every generation, you have to step up. And uh, But these are encouraging words. He says, truth will ultimately prevail where there are pains taken to bring it to light. Again, George Washington, truth will ultimately prevail where there are pains taken to bring it to light. And uh, producer Steve, that's what we try to do every morning is to bring truth. Uh, and truth is basically facts with context, truth, searching for truth. And that's what we're trying to do every weekday morning. I love it when you hear a quote like you just quoted. Uh and you're hearing it kind of like for the first time, and you think, wow, that is so, <laughs> I mean, it sounds corny, and it's a play on words, but that is so truthful. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And Producer Steve, greatly appreciate you. Zach, Patty, and Keith, thank you for keeping this train on the track. Greatly appreciate it. Are you ready for a little chuckle today, Steve? Okay, there were two little boys who were spending the night with their grandparents. Before they went to bed, they got down on their knees to say their prayers. The youngest one started praying at the top of his lungs. God, I pray that you'll give me a new bicycle, and I pray that you'll give me a new Nintendo Switch, and I pray that you'll give me a Transformer Bumblebee. And his brother asked, well, why are you screaming? God's not deaf. His little brother said, I know, but Grandma is. Shame on you telling grandparent jokes. (laughs) 
the fact that both of us hitting are, a li- hitting a little too close to home. Well, both of us are <laughs> relatively new grandparents, and all these fun and games <laughs> is yet to be seen. <laughs> That's for sure. So, anyway, let's uh, jump in. I've got two action items that I am asking you, uh, our listeners. This is really important that you do this. Uh, first thing. Yesterday morning at Ranchview Middle School in the Douglas County School District, uh, there was an assembly that was presented. And the, the person that presented it is a, a socialist, a radical activist. Reagan Bird is her name. And ostensibly, her presentation was, uh, and I quote Paula Hans, the public information officer for Douglas County School District, I have learned the school brought her in to bring an increased awareness of oppres- to oppression tolerance, bullying, and acceptance. So I asked Paula, this has all been via email, when the balanced view will be presented, and I've not heard back yet. And, uh, and uh, I'd called yesterday to talk to the Ranch View Middle School principal, uh, Tanner Fitch, and uh, instead of him calling me back, um, Paula reached out to me. And uh, so what I would like to ask each of you to do, whether or not you live in Douglas County or not, because uh, your tax dollars are going to pay for public education of these children. And I would recommend that you call Ranchview Middle School, 303-387-2300. That's 303-387-2300. Ask to speak with Principal Tanner Fitch and uh, ask when they will be presenting the balanced approach to Reagan Bird's presentation from yesterday morning. And then email me at americhicks.com forward slash Kim and let me know that you did this. Again, americhicks.com forward slash Kim. Uh, you know, we have talked about religion. And, and the this has been a long time in coming. No religion taught in school. No religion. Basically, no Christianity taught in school. That is what we have. But there are all kinds of re- religions that are being taught. And this Reagan Bird falls into the religion of socialism, and uh, socialism is force. Ultimately, it's taking from one person to give to another, and as Maggie Thatcher says, ultimately you run out of other people's money. So there was a religious view that was presented yesterday at uh, Ranchview Middle School, and we as citizens have to say enough. They're using our tax dollars to push for this religion. Kids in 7th, 8th, and ninth grade are very impressionable. And uh, so we need to uh, let Ranchview Middle School know that this is not okay. Steve, do you have any comments on that? Well, it's a long time between now and November of 2020. but uh, and, And I've already heard stories about the DNC is already investigating ways to derail Bernie Sanders. But assume like Assuming they don't, assuming that he continues to be verbal, uh, doing his appearances around the country, et cetera, et cetera, uh, had a great explanation the other day on how vulnerable the younger people in their 20s are to the socialism or the message of socialism. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. They're, they're coming out of college or they're you know, coming out of, you know, out of their teens and into their 20s. And they look at the rest of our culture and they say, well, when am I ever going to have that big house? When am I ever going to drive that fancy car? The the deck is stacked against against me, and this socialism thing really sounds good. So whatever this lady is doling out, and you had the bullet items of what she was doing in her presentation, it's not too early in their minds to start indoctrinating. 
Well, and then that's why the next thing they want to do is they want to have 16-year-olds to vote because, again, these kids are highly impressionable. And, and when you mention that, that kids look at the American dream and they say, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to be able to get that, you know what? It's because of government policy. You know, kids getting out of school, first of all, taking on all this debt to get, quote, unquote, a college education and then get out, you know, and you see it all the time on the backs of buses, the advertising, you know, uh, get your MBA, get your, you know, clearly there is a lot of money because you see Metro, CSU, you know, University of Colorado, you see there's a lot of money in that. And so these kids, they think that to get their shot at the American dream, one of the things they would do is to go to college and take on all this debt. And then they get out and they have all this debt. How can I buy a house? I'm not sure I can get married. How can I start a family? I can't afford it. You know, and, and I, I'm sure they look at it and they go, well, you know, I'm not sure I, I see this, this American dream. And we look at our generation and we're thinking about saddling them not only with all of this college debt, but all of this debt, um, you know, federal debt, uh, spending money here in Colorado, Um, And, you know, there's a a movement to try to get rid of uh, TABOR, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, which is an amendment to our Constitution. And you can see why kids go, wait a minute. But then the radical activists on the left are coming in to try to to give them something that that looks good. But ultimately, socialism is force. And ultimately, everybody gets at the the bottom of the barrel except the the, the haves that are doing the policy, Steve. And in this culture... Where is the message of delayed or deferred gratification? It's, it's nowhere in sight. You know, my, a friend of mine, Susan Harris, and the Harris family is sponsoring our Federalist Papers uh, shows that we have here. And we have done a couple of shows on delayed gratification. And ultimately, to be a success in life, and she's seen this, you need to be able to delay gratification. You need to do what you, what you need to do now so that you can do what you want to later in the future. But if you do what you want to now, then you may not get to, to do what you want to in the future. And delayed gratification is one of the chief ingredients of success. You're shaking your head. Any other comments? Well, I, I don't want to take our time telling war stories. Real quick, uh, a young man I know now, he's probably in his early 30s. He got out of high school, went to broadcast school here in town. This was uh, probably back in the late, very late 90s. Uh, got out of broadcast school. A lot of these guys, I went to the same broadcast school. Uh, so many of these guys, they want to hit it big the second they walk out the door, and they want to hit it big right here in Denver or Colorado. This kid, he went all the way to North or South Carolina for a year, uh, then got another job in Albuquerque, was there for like 13 years, and now just recently came back to Denver to work for Fox 31. And I was just talking to him the other day. I said, you paid your dues. Uh, and because I said, he was, I, I noticed he was, uh, he got his picture taken at the, you know, the very troubling or bad car wreck last Thursday up on I-70. Uh, and I was kind of teasing him about that. But the conversation went serious. And I said, you've paid your dues. And, and so many of these kids your age, they just don't get it. And now you're working here in your hometown how do you like it? He says, I love it. So. Well, and to that point, those are the kinds of things that we need to be teaching in, ed- in education. But yesterday at Ranch View Middle School, instead, they were teaching socialism. And, uh, and socialism basically is saying that, you know, take from somebody else to give to somebody else. And it is a religion, and that was being taught at Ranch View Middle School. Another thing that I would uh, ask you to do is today, today. 
It needs to be done today. So you have two things you have to do today, and that is to go to uh, the University of Colorado. There is a survey regarding uh, the search for the new president, and uh, and that needs to be done today. Mark Kennedy was the unanim- was voted unanimously to be the finalist uh, for president of CU. But now there's been so much pressure on these CU reg- regions. They've been under siege that you're starting to see the Democrats peel off and say that they're not going to vote for him. Now, Mark Kennedy is uh, comes out of the University of North Dakota. Uh, he is a moderate, uh, but my gosh, the radical progressive activists are out there and, and it's under siege. And we need to start to have more moderate voices and, and maybe even someday conservative uh, voices that, that are are in uh, leadership at these major universities. But the left knows what's at stake, and they have been you know, peppering the, the regions with emails and phone calls and all over this, this survey. So today, reach out to the, the regions and, and tell them you support his choice or their choice, and also uh, be sure and fill out that survey. Uh, so we're going to go to break here. I've got a ton of he- headlines we'd like to go through, and I'm going to try to pepper those in uh, within the conversation, but I, we're going to need to get to Representative Kim Ransom because I think she's got a meeting at 7 o'clock at the Capitol. So before we do that, though, uh, the Nuggets won game one with Portland. Their next game is Wednesday night. Uh, tonight, the Avalanche series with the San Jose Sharks. It's tied 1-1, and the game is tonight, and the Rockies are in Milwaukee through Thursday, and they'll be in town Friday for a homestand with the Diamondbacks. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all the games. Wednesday's wing days, all the wings you can eat for $14.99. So get over there and watch the Avalanche game and have all those wings. And you can have Hooters wings delivered right to your front doorstep. You can stop by and pick them up, take them home um, for the family. Or you can have just a great time going over to Hooters Restaurants to watch the games. So for more information of everything that's going on and their specials, check out HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the Americhicks. So we're going to be right back talking with Representative Kim Ransom. You're going to want, I mean, these folks, these, Kim Ransom is, is just been done an awesome job. They have been holding the line. They have been under siege down there at the Capitol. They've been holding the line. They've got to be exhausted. The last day of the, the um, uh, uh, session is on Thursday. And I, before we go to break, I need to announce Stand for Colorado. Stand for Colorado is our big rally that we're going to have on March 10th. You know, hardworking Coloradans typically don't do rallies, but it's time that we all come together and, and we're having an intersectionality of all of these issues and these issues of force. It's what is so concerning. And so StandForColorado.com, go to the website, sign up so we can keep you informed of everything that's going on. We'll be announcing our speakers. So today, drum roll, Steve, I'm going to announce our first five speakers for the Denver rally. And we'll let you know about Grand Junction and Gunnison and Teller County as well. But first of all, Barb Kirkmeyer, she's the Weld County Commissioner who is uh, working to try to get this uh, Senate Bill 181 repealed. That is the oil and gas bill that's going to basically really hurt our economy. It's going to really hurt Colorado. So she's going to be one of our speakers. Juliana Day, uh, who uh, grew up in Peru, she has a deep love for the American idea, and she has been so concerned about the uh, hypersexualization bill. Uh, and so she's going to be talking about that. Uh, Don Wilson, who is one of the two people spearheading the um, 
bringing the national popular vote to the ballot. Uh, he's the monument, uh, mayor of monument. He's going to be speaking. And then Rose Puglisi, his, his um, cohort in all of this, is organizing the uh, Stanford, Colorado, Stanford, Colorado rally in Grand Junction. Patty Kurgan, who was on the Pay Equity Commission, will be talking about the family leave bill. And then Pastor Christine Coleman, uh, she survived the uh, Rwandan genocide, and she will be giving the invocation. We're going to have about 20 amazing speakers. They're each going to have three minutes. It's going to be rapid fire on all these issues. So join us, StanfordColorado.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right, uh, right back with Representative Kim Ransom. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, We'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and also check out StanfordColorado.com. That is our rally on May 10th. And we chose that day because by that time, um, this session will be over. And we'll know everything that's been presented and passed. And then Governor uh, Hickenlooper, Governor Hickenlooper, Governor Polis will be giving the State of the State address at a luncheon earlier that day on May 10th. And we thought, what a great optic to have thousands of Coloradans come together to say, we care, we're concerned, and we stand for Colorado. So be sure and check out StandForColorado.com. Representative Kim Ransom, uh, you are holding the holding the line down there at uh, at the Capitol. How are you? How are you doing? Lack of sleep? I mean, it's just been wild. Yeah, definitely lack of sleep. And you know, we are all holding the line. I have to give huge kudos to my colleagues in the House and also the Senate. Do you realize that the Senate was still going from yesterday morning about an hour ago? I don't I, know exactly what time they adjourned, but. Seriously, they went till after five o'clock this morning. My gosh, I got up at three and I saw that they had still been in session. I didn't realize that they went up that. Uh, oh my gosh, they've got to be I exhausted. Saw still, mm-hmm, I saw post still at five a.m. Now I have no idea what time 
they're going to come back or if the leadership over there is going to just force them to come back, you know, even at 9 a.m. this morning. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they are holding the line as well. So we have you know, two different houses, and each bill has to get through both in order to and – then, and then get signed by the governor. So when I was listening to your list of speakers, which, by the way, sound amazing. I need to help you promote StanfordColorado.com. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm thinking that some of those bills may or may not be law. I, I can't predict what leadership of the Senate and House, what their priorities will be, and as far as what they will actually take time to push through. But some of the worst bills, it looks like they are going to die on the calendar because each time they bring up a bill, if it takes that many hours to get through, and that, and by the way, that's both the House and the Senate. We were on the floor till um, probably 10.30 last night. So, uh, you know, and then I've, I've got meetings cracking on this morning, you know, early. So so it's not like we are getting much more rest than the Senate is, at least in the last, you know, last night. But like I said, no rest for the weary. We are going to push through to the to the very end, which is midnight on Friday. Um, by law, the signy die has to happen before midnight on May 3rd, which is Friday night. So, well, and we will be done then. Representative Ransom, the Colorado Sun had, uh, this was one of our headlines that we wanted to get to, that says that Colorado lawmakers won't finish their calendar. Now the Democrats are going to have to decide which bills uh, that they're going to let die. So this is, in some ways, this is good news. But I don't want people to, to get too comfortable on this because cousins of these bills are going to be presented again next year. They're going to work on this all summer to figure out how they can get the stuff through that they that they didn't get through this year. I think they're going to be working on it next year. And, you know, one of the things that you have done is you have been asking questions about many of these bills. And I have talked to, um, and, and we're, we're going to be talking about this whole forced vaccination bill. That's 1312. And, mm-hmm. you know, Kim Ransom, what I have finally realized is what's happened is something that is good. The radical activists take something that's good and no matter what the subject is, and then they take that and they use that so that they can put forward an agenda. So, you know, it took me a, a while. I'm kind of new to this whole, whole forced vaccination thing. I'd had mm-hmm. some moms that reached out to me and I read the bill. That's another thing. You know, I used to think it was above my pay grade to read the bill. It's not. All of us can read the bill. <laughs> read it. So yes. that you understand what's Please. in it. And... Mm-hmm. um I realize that you take something that's good. I think many, many people agree that vaccinating our children against, you know, childhood diseases that could hurt them is a good idea. But taking away parental choice, taking away the responsibility of the pharma companies to make sure that they're, you know, that they've done all the research and that that, that it's a good product and, and forcing, putting this into force, it has moms across the spectrum. They are mad. Yes, indeed. And you are so right on the idea, uh, what, what you said, that it doesn't matter what the topic is. Because you know what? It's, they have chosen vaccines in this bill, but it's not really about the vaccines. It's about the control. Right. And, and just to be perfectly clear, and since you read the bill, I'm, I'm sure that you know this, that they do have the exemptions 
still in place in the bill, but they make it so difficult to get them, and they're, they're making it harder to get exemptions, and they're trying to elevate it to a whole different level of appearing in person at the health department and requesting it as opposed to simply signing a form at your child's school. And here's the part that's, that's real scary is the data protection. I know you and I have discussed that lightly, and I, I think your next guest um, you mentioned was – or Right, she's going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Change, she was going to talk about the data uh, pr- privacy part. We spent a long time debating this on the House floor, that when you turn any paper into your child's school, there is a Federal Education Privacy Act, known as FERPA, that protects all of your child's school records. That's grades, definitely all of the medical information, all, you know, any discipline records, things like that. That is protected under FERPA. Okay, if what the sponsors of the bill kept saying is, well, you just need to now turn it into the school and into the health department, and it will still be protected under HIPAA. What most people don't realize is that HIPAA Those are the the forms that you sign every time you go to the doctor or every time you pick up a prescription. Those privacy rights are significantly less than what FERPA allows each individual child. HIPAA rights are, are not absolute. And if you read the fine print on HIPAA, they can share your records with just about anybody. And I'm sorry, I'm being sarcastic there. They can share your medical records with the insurance company, with all kinds of people gathering statistics, with anybody in the health department, with your doctor, I mean, and with different layers of people um, putting together statistics and um, uh, all the trends, you know, so it's not just kept private in the health department. So that's the first part of HIPAA. The second part is look at all the data breaches that happen in government and in state departments all the time. Uh, Putting your child's personally identifiable information in a state database should scare everybody. And that is one of the things that we fought against in, in, in that bill. Well, so. and Governor uh, Polis is is, is uh, kind of indicating that if that gets to his desk, it's he's not going to sign it. And, um, you know, it's interesting as we start to take a look at these issues that um, there is an intersectionality of people that say, you know, too much force is not a good idea. And so I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said that uh, they were working down at the Capitol as a uh, volunteer. They said that the call came in, and, and it was a, a mom concerned about the data collection of their children, putting names into a database. And he said, you know, I totally get it. But what do you think about, um, uh, you know, lawfully lawful citizens that, about a database regarding their, you know, their firearms? You know, and so all of a sudden, I think the veil is coming off that we are seeing its force. They're saying that they want to protect here, protect here, protect here, but it's all using that for force. And I am seeing across the spectrum that uh, 
people are saying, wait a minute. And uh, Representative Ransom, uh, I mean, we're working on the Stanford, Colorado rally, and I don't know if for sure if this is going to happen. But um, you know what? I'm not going to mention that because it's still an iffy. But but something <laughs> most interesting has happened on people coming together on this particular issue. I want to mention one other thing. I will Kim, stay tuned. Yeah. I will stay tuned with bated breath. Thank okay, you. sounds great. That's the hint. Kim, I know you've got a meeting. Is there any chance that you could I stick do. through break? Or do you need to run? You know what? I, I need to go. I okay. need to go this morning. But please, um, you know how to find me. Um, feel free to, to schedule me back another time because there are so many things happening, so many bills coming. You know, we haven't even touched on um, some of the lesser known ones, or you and I haven't in this call. Obviously, we talk about the big issues but that, that everybody knows about that we read in the headlines. But there are so many damaging damaging bills being passed, being actually passed right now um, and during this session because, you know, they have the numbers. They, you know, it's a simple majority can pass the bills. Now, we can delay. We can do the things that we're doing to try to delay. But ultimately, when the vote happens, they win the vote. Well, true. Well, thank you. Uh, I know you're going to be looking forward to getting some sleep on Saturday morning. Thank you for holding the line, Indeed. Representative Kim Ransom. And uh, Absolutely. We're going to go to break in just a minute. Jason McBride is on the line with Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, Jason, if that doesn't get your blood pressure going, I don't know what will. Yeah, a lot of things do. Uh, yeah, I've kind of got a mishmash of a couple ideas this morning. Uh, you were, we've talked about socialism a lot lately. I went to a great talk the other night, and they played a video that kind of reminded me of something that should be simple to us. Uh, they, what they were doing was interviewing uh, college students and saying, well, look, you know, you've got a really good GPA, and a couple of these people over here, theirs is really low. Why don't you take some of yours and give it to them? And none of them wanted to do it. Well, and that is exactly what socialism is. Well, what socialism is, you ask the question on whether or not you'd like to do it. What socialism does is somebody forcibly takes part of their GPA and gives it to somebody else. Right, right. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, the guy asked him first, were they, did they think capitalism or socialism was better and then they didn't want to play the socialism game i guess so uh you know another one i think of is you know when they ask little kids when they're done with their uh halloween uh candy uh (laughs) gathering is well hey you know do you uh this kid didn't get that much and you got a bunch so we're gonna take a bunch of years and give it to them so it's equal and the little kids don't like that i guess my point kim is is maybe as you're trying to let's say speak to or persuade you have to make sure you're talking about a situation that's going to pertain to the group that you're you're addressing would that make sense that makes a lot of sense jason then i think it hits home so that was one little thought um, I had a second one that was kind of fun, and that's uh, the McDonald's shares are up, uh, you know, three or four bucks this morning in the pre-market on their earnings. And I just thought how funny it was that, you know, President Trump brings all these uh, people into the White House and gives them Big Macs and Quarter Pounders and cheeseburgers and Chick-fil-A and I just thought that that's kind of a neat thing, and uh, they said McDonald's is going up big today because they added bacon and donut sticks to their menu. 
<laughs> well, that's kind of another, uh, you know, just, yeah, bacon. We love bacon. Well, and then let me just give a, another headline that, that Patty got, and that is Tesla, uh, the company noted that it should have adequate liquidity over the next year, but its operations and prospects could be negatively affected if it cannot raise additional funds when it needs or wants to do so. So here is Tesla that's getting all kinds of government subsidies, their you know, government policy that, that is forcing people to buy credits from them, and uh, they can't seem to make a go of it. But my gosh, McDonald's with some bacon and, and donut sticks, uh, looks like people like that and they're willing to buy those. Well, I think the government should subsidize what people want, so I'm all for free bacon from here <laughs> forward. Now, you know I don't think government should subsidize anything, so I'm going to challenge you on that, Jason McBride. Well, if we had to pick one or the other, though, because you know they're going to subsidize something. <laughs> well, I guess. we'll have another conversation about that on another day. How does that sound, Jason McBride? Well, with- you know, it, it's lighthearted today. <laughs> you know I'm not being completely serious. You don't have to challenge me too much. <laughs> okay. I won't. You have a good day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. And be sure and check out the uh, uh, website, chickspresidential.com, chickspresidential.com. There's all kinds of great information on there. And, Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Sherry Kiesiker. She is a mom. She is also an expert on FERPA. Uh, which uh, Representative Ransom was just talking about, and that's the law to try to protect our kids' data from being collected. And uh, it's a really important conversation, and uh, there's a a whole data collection thing in this forced vaccination bill, and you won't want to miss it. So we'll be right back with Sherry Kiesiker. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. We're offering two Social Security classes in May. Our Arvada class will be held at the Apex Center Tuesday, May 7th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 10 a.m. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Come join the 88 Drive-In this weekend for opening day of Avengers Endgame. Starting April 26th, features will include Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. Box office opens at 6 p.m. Friday. Get here early and be among the first to see this highly anticipated movie. We're now open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, offering you a conservatarian perspective. And thrilled to have on the line with me, Sherry Kiesiker. She's a mom. She's also an expert on um, FERPA, which is the uh, law against the data collection on our kids. And she really is a watchdog on what's happening uh, with our kids' data. So Sherry Kiesiker, welcome. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, you have been concerned about data collection of our kids for a long time. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I'm watching these bills come through the Colorado legislature, and I, I think as Representative Ransom said, I'm looking at not actually the issue that the bill is looking at. I'm looking at the data collection in each of these bills, and there's no consent and there's no opt-out oftentimes. And it's actually shocking to me that we're kind of ignoring parental rights and giving 
little or no notice to what's happening to these, these children in schools. And what's the danger, do you think, of data collection of our kids? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, everybody's familiar with data breaches um, and Facebook using your data. But, but these are adults that data that is being used with children. Children have to go to school. And as part of going to school, you shouldn't have to give up your private data. I can't access your medical data. Yet with this bill, parents have no rights. They, they can't keep their children's medical information safe or private. And as you said, it can be linked to by researchers. It can be linked to by future employers, perhaps, because all of these databases can be linked to. And when a school collects information, it is covered under FERPA if it's in a child's education records. And right on the Colorado Department of Health page, it says under their FERPA notification, if a school wants to add student immunization information to their state information system, they have to have written consent from the parent. So what this bill does, the vaccine bill, for instance, HB 1312, to get around FERPA and to be able to give that personal information of a child's medical immunizations and records to the state, they now require parents to go in person, which is, I would say, unequitable for a lot of parents who are working and mm-hmm. have younger children. That's hard to do, and it's, it's intimidating. And I feel like that's probably the, the point of it. I think Governor Polis actually said it best. He said this is actually sowing the seeds of distrust, distrust of the vaccines themselves, and distrust of the government. If something is so great, why do you have to force it on people? That is think, the question. Right. right and there. forcing citizens into a state list, a database of names and information, is not something that sounds like we want in our country. And, with, and it's children. It's the most vulnerable population. So my concern, and I'd just like to go through this because I don't think anybody's hit on this, I was watching the House debates on this vaccine, and the representative that's sponsoring this bill, Representative Molika, has said multiple times that parents can opt out of this state registry, the information system. The bill is very conflicting, and what the bill says is uh, physicians must, Get, um, inform a parent that they can opt out of this in, in, in immunization tracking system. However, the next line says it requires a licensed physician or practitioner to submit the immunization and medical exemption data to the state tracking data system. So in testimony, he said twice, on second reading and third reading, they can opt out, but... And I I picked up on that, and a couple of the parents picked up on that as well. It's not a true opt-out. He actually admitted that what they will do is you can opt out of the SIS, the immunization information system, that's the state database, but they keep the children's medical exemption data on file, personally identifiable, in case there's an outbreak and they they can inform the family. Well, 
Kim, you and I know the schools already have that information, and the schools already do inform parents if there's a, if there's um, any kind of emergency or outbreak, and they need to inform vaccinated or unvaccinated children. The schools have that data, so I think that's um, disingenuous to say it's an opt out. It's not a true opt out, and I think that. If they are going to pass this bill, they at least need to be honest and they need to make it a true opt-out or be honest that it's not an opt-out. I would also like to say that all the information in these databases can be linked to. And Denver Public Health has a presentation where they have actually linked to the um, Colorado Immunization Information System and they talk about leveraging this data and using it as a calculation, an immunization calculation engine. And they do monthly downloads of this data. And they share it with multiple entities. And the goal is to process millions of patient records at a time. So if, if they can do that, Denver Public Health is already doing that. Is that the goal of, of this bill, is to process millions of children's records at a time, flag the, the children who do not have certain immunizations, and send reminders, and, and basically harass these parents? And if that's the case, how much is all of this going to cost? This reminds me of an unfunded mandate. The bill actually has zero fiscal note, and then they plan to go back to JDC next year and ask for more money. That's not how we should do things. That's not fiscally responsible. I think there are so many problems with this bill, and if Governor Polis gets this bill on his desk, I hope he doesn't let it become law. I hope he actually vetoes it because this is sowing distrust and fear, and it's not what we want to do. Well, a couple of things on that, Sherry. First of all, the zero fiscal note is disingenuous. You know, as you look at the things that will have to occur, I mean, just the cost for schools to keep track of all of this stuff and input all that, that that's going to cost things. So, you know, it's, it's disingenuous right there. And then it's disingenuous to say that there's an opt-out. As you mentioned, and, and I read the bill as well, it said that parents would have to the health department, in which you, again, it is somewhat, um, um, you know, it's kind of scary if you've never done anything like that before. I did go to, out and um, to the Tri-County Health um, Board meeting a month or so ago on the hypersexualization of our kids bill, that 1312. And the executive director had been down at the, the uh, Capitol and had been testifying, saying that he was speaking on behalf of the three counties, that he was in support of that. When, when actually he didn't have the permission of the three counties to do that. And it was, a, I think my point was, is I'd never been over to Tri-County Health before. You know, it was a little daunting to go do that. So let's say that you're a working parent with little kids. And uh, how are you going to get to a place that's open 9 to 5 or 8 to 6 or whatever, you know, with, with everything going on here? And so it's not a true opt-out. The other thing, Sherry, that my understanding is, is that you sign a form, so there's some compelled speech in this. And it may be along the line of, I understand that I'm putting my child at risk because I'm not getting this vaccination. Well, who's well they, si- did, they did agree to, to remove that in the House. But it was in there. An amendment. I yep. mean, honestly, it was in there. And let's just think mm-hmm. about it. You know, if, in fact, you sign something like that, 
how about five years down the road, there's a knock on your door saying, hey, we understand that you signed something saying that you're putting your child at risk and that's not okay. We're taking your kids. I know that sounds kind of tin hatty, but it could happen in this oh, no. crazy stuff that's going on. Absolutely. We have other bills in the house that 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 actually allow would allow the, the schools to send social workers to your home and refer your children for, for different services. And again, there's no parent opt-out. There's no uh, parent consent required. And they're targeting low-income and ethnic populations. This is House Bill 1017, the Social Emotional K-5 through project, uh, pilot project. And, you know, I have no problem with wanting to help, but I have a problem when you don't give people a choice and you are using their children's information in ways that they can't predict and they can't see and they can't control. Sherry Hesiker, you have nailed it right there. We need to go to break. When we come back, uh, I, I think what I have finally figured out is that these, these radical activists, they take something that is good, and it could be just about any issue, whether or not, hey, we need to make sure that we are good stewards and that we have clean water, clean air, and take care of our kids, whatever. They take something that we all agree is a value, and then they morph it into something that gives them control and takes away the freedom of, of everyday people. And uh, you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Let's go to break. Let's continue on with this very important conversation with Sherry Kiesecker. We'll be right back. The mortgage process can be stressful. And with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-517-7173. 303-517-7173. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and join me on May 10th down on the west steps of the Capitol as we stand for Colorado. This is Coloradans coming together because we care and are concerned. And so be sure and join me. And that's going to be on May 10th, and that's StanforColorado.com. On the line with me is Sherry Kiesiker. She is a mom. She is uh, an expert on uh, her concern for the, on data collection of our children. And we're talking about this um, forced vaccination bill, which is, oh, no, 
uh, I'm, I'm having a brain freeze, Sherry. What's that bill number? 1312. 1312. Okay, that's what I thought it was. And you mentioned this before we went to break. And you're saying that there is no choice uh, really on this. That the, and when you say no choice, the next word is force. And so this 1312 has all kinds of no choice and forced, forcing vaccinations. And as I read the bill, Sherry, there is an unelected board, a bureaucratic board, that can mandate what, uh, what vaccinations, what are put into our kids' bodies. And they can add on to that in the future, and there's really no, no accountability on it. Right, and the ability to promulgate rules and decide how many vaccines and which vaccines. You know, Kim, every child is different. I know my child has different allergies than your child or someone else's child. And, you know, you listen to the hundreds of parents that came to testify on this bill for and against in the House. And what, what you heard is there's a lot of fear and the force is not helping. And I think it's, it's your child. And if you know that you want to delay a vaccine because you're concerned about putting all of this into one little tiny body at once and you would really like to spread out your vaccines... You can't do that. And this this board that is, as you said, unelected, has ultimate power to say, no, you have to give it all at once or you're going to have to go through all these hoops. And eventually, what other exemptions are they going to come down the pike with? It's going to make it harder and harder. And, you know, I understand that people are, are, are afraid and I understand that vaccines do, you know, have potential to do a lot of good but in some people they have potential to do a lot of harm and we have to respect that and there should be choice well and it goes in a way to the whole free market question the the question of capitalism okay that really is getting a bad rep um, with many of our kids and that is is accountability so if in fact uh, there is a vaccine that is presented to a parent and they say this vaccine, you know, the pharmaceutical company has developed it. They've tested it. Uh, the parent talks to their doctor, you know, about the benefits, the risks. And uh, they make that free choice to actually then pay the money to have a vaccination. That's the way it's supposed to work. And that is one of the best ways to keep pharmaceutical companies accountable is to make sure that there's a free market so that people can either choose or not choose whether or not they're going to use that product. And that is one of the, the best ways to keep somebody accountable is when people can freely choose whether or not to use their services or their goods or not. Well, and also, I think you made a good point. You have to be informed. And a lot of times parents go to the physician and you feel very pressured into getting these shots. And if you ask to see the product inserts and what's in your vaccine... A lot of times parents have been told they can't look at that, they can't have that, and if you go on the web, a lot of times you can't even find the product insert or the warnings or what the side effects of this could be or what is reported. And I I find it very fascinating because actually there's a federal law, U.S. Code 300AA-22, Standards of Responsibility, the NBIC, and what it says is for the... um, Vaccine manufacturers must give proper warnings. They must give the CDC warnings and um, adverse effects and the product um, 
ingredients. So um, if if we aren't given all the information, how can you make an informed choice? And this bill, there were amendments that got killed asking for exactly that. Parents should be given all the information, the product ingredients, and the warnings and the contraindications before they make this choice to, to vaccinate their child or delay a vaccine. I would very much appreciate an amendment to this bill that would say you are allowed to delay vaccines and you can have a little broader what this medical exemption that they're doing according to the ACIP guidelines really narrows a medical exemption. So if you have a genetic mutation that you know has already caused harm for your child, you still can't, under ACIP guidelines, call that a medical exemption. So it's making it much more difficult, and I would very much appreciate a a broader medical exemption and able to delay well, and Sherry Kusicker, I really think that the radical activists are not that have taken over the Colorado legislature and, and you know, House, Senate, and the governor's office. They're not interested in listening to people. My understanding, you said that you watched the, uh, the House votes, is that at least on the second vote, there were moms that were in the gallery till I think like three in the morning. And, um, and these amendments were being presented and, um, The Democrats said, no, 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 no. But the other thing is, is just during the debate, and I know this is naive, I used to think that that the House floor, the Senate floor, was where debate would occur, you know, in front of, in in transparency, in in front of the public about the merits or not the merits of a particular bill. I guess this was introduced, and a bunch of the Democrats left for a while while the, the Republicans were there heartfelt making the case for against this forced vaccination of our kids and i think the veil is off there are many moms that i think that used to think that the democrat the democrat party cared about them and their kids and after looking at what's happened here the democrats a lot of them walked away until they came back for the vote the veil is off and there's a lot of moms that are like whoa i've learned a lot on this whole 1312 while i'm watching it yeah, absolutely. I think that this should not be a partisan issue, and very much so it, it is. And I've seen pictures of the floor empty when the Democrats left when they started debating this bill. I wasn't there, but I, I've seen a lot of pictures. And, and um, I, I think that it's really, it's really sad, the state that we're in. And it's not the people's house anymore. So what can we do, Sherry Kiesiger? Now, this is a good, this bill is going over to the Senate, right? And uh, it may get to the governor's desk or it may not. What What's your uh, crystal ball say regarding uh, as we look forward on 1312? Oh, I have no idea because, like, as you said, they're running out of time. Um, and there are a lot of parents that are watching this bill and ready to testify. And, of course, there's a lot of big pharma lobbyists that are also watching this bill and ready to testify. Um, I, your guess is as good as mine is where this will end up. But um, I think parents just need to know their rights and need to assert their rights. And I'm hoping Governor Polis will respect citizens and respect, you know, we don't want a, a government that we're fearful of. We don't want to sow distrust. We want to respect our citizens. And this bill right now 
certainly does not. Well, and you mentioned something about nonpartisan. And, you know, my byline is dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And where I really come down is on the side of freedom and not force. Because I, I believe in the individual. I believe that people should have the choices on how they live their lives. Uh, and that you shouldn't take from other people and that you need to earn your way. So, you know, that's, that's where I come down. And uh, what I've seen with this whole state legislature is they've not really listened to the people. They, they have an agenda. It's an agenda of power. It's an agenda of, uh, of um, you know, not letting people make their choices. But it's been bipartisan. Uh, there is a, a Republican senator who is sponsoring 1312. So this is a nonpartisan overreach, <laughs> if you will. And I think it's important to understand uh, yeah. that. And I think that perhaps if that senator is listening, and I'll say his name, Senator Priola, this bill does not allow parents to opt out their children from the medical exemption database that's at the state level. And that is not the proper role of government. We would really appreciate your help with this. Okay, well, Sherry Kiesiker, thank you so much, and you have a great day. And uh, thank you so much. I'm going to try to get through the C.S. Lewis, Lewis quote here. He says to live his life in his own way, to call his house his castle, to enjoy the fruits of his own labor, to educate his children as his conscience directs, to save for their prosperity after his death. These are the wishes deeply ingrained in civilized man. Their realization is almost as necessary to our virtues as our happiness. From their total frustration, disastrous results, both in moral and psychological, might follow. So this is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.